0: Praise God, praise God. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. I'm thankful that you are here. I, I started a lesson um, last week, and I know we're growing apostolic legacy, and I, I started by asking about <clears throat> maybe it would be too strong to say, the most important question, Uh, so I just put most important question, and if you want to put a most important question, or if you want to put the in front of it, whatever uh, you decide, but I know life is full of questions, and there are lots of questions to be asked in life all the time, and and we probably are bombarded with questions. Unfortunately, we have Google and, um, and Siri and whatever else that we can say, hey, Google, what is, uh, you know, how many ounces in a cup? And uh, it'll tell you. And how, much, uh, how many ounces in one stick of butter? And so consequently, we don't remember things anymore because we just rely on stuff to respond to us. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't believe that. Um, Well, I would venture to say most of you don't know four or five, maybe six different phone numbers by heart. And it used to be that we knew a lot of them and we would uh we had a few sayings, you know the orange four nine seven seven four nine or whatever we had a we had we knew and we knew somebody asked your phone number now we just hit dial dad dial mom dial wife, and then you go somebody comes up and says, "Now what's the phone number and you go uh i don't know i don't call my own phone number anybody i don't want to ask you i don't want to raise your hand don't even go there i it's all right uh we just we forget we used to have addresses we used to know where things were now we just punch it in on the phone and say take us there and What's always funny is whenever somebody will say, you know where you go down to Price Road, and you go back to the right and you go north and you're going, just give me the address. I don't even need to know all of that. I don't want to know all of that. I don't even want to clutter my mind with all of that. Just give me the address, I'll put it in the address and I'll drive right there. <coughs> and... Um, It used to be fun, the biggest question used to be, how do you refold the mat? But we haven't thought about that in a long time. I used to study the creases, now if you fold it over this way and you fold it up that way and you fold it anyway, but we don't do that. And so, what was the most important question? And I know that we ask. A lot of questions, and we, have, we usually are able to fool ourselves. We are good at self-deception, and I, I know I said that if you would answer this question truthfully, it would avoid almost all regret. And I know most of the time we have a lot of regrets. We how did we? How were we so stupid? What? Was, how was I so blind? How was I so naive? How was I so irresponsible? How was I so gullible? How did I? and yet we kind of will justify, well, this won't hurt anybody else. I'll only do it once. I'll be very careful. I've been good for so long. I can handle one more and I can quit whenever I want. And I told you that Paul wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus which were the Ephesians and the book is called the book of Ephesians and it was written to this church that was had a lot of temples it had a lot of of uh, worshiped a female and how that for the first three chapters, Paul talks about we are in Christ and then he gets to chapter 4 and he sort of makes a right hand turn and he opens it up in chapter 4 by basically saying, I am a prisoner of the Lord. And so I'm telling you, I am begging you, I am beseeching you, walk worthy. And he begins to talk about how we should live. And then unfortunately in chapter 4 and i hope you all may have read that chapter 4 and chapter 5 or read it in some different versions and it just goes through all sorts of things that you should do and how you should live and then he gets down into the middle of chapter 5 and he said see then that you walk circumspectly or looking around, not as fools, but as wise. And that was the first part of this question about what is the best question, or a great question, or the most important question, was here when the verse says, what is the difference between something foolish and something that is wise? It's not a question of whether it's right or wrong. It's not a question of whether or not it's legal or illegal. It's not a question of whether or not I am big enough to do it or have enough money to do it or I feel like I want to do it. The question is that I must recognize, is that a foolish decision or is it a wise decision? And then I must recognize about time. Does it, does it make the best use of my time? Because we all are faced with hundreds of time stealers. And the biggest one is right here. I know i i was raised and didn't have a television and i remember many 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 years ago a psychologist by the name of malcolm Mulgaridge, who came out in the 80s and he preached although he wasn't preaching he was a psychologist he wrote books about that television was going to eat up our time, that it was going to eat up our time. And that was when there were four channels. Now we have four billion or whatever, plus all of these things, Hulu and Voodoo and Roku and Hoodoo and Hudat and whatever else, Apple and Prime and, and you know some of them with ads and some of them without and and i well like it's only 9.99 a month it's only 10.99 a month it's only 8.99 a month and it's from netflix to paramount to universal to you know to you know to you know and you say, well, I will avoid it. And and that's great if you can avoid it. And yet, if you have an Apple, they'll go, oh, but we'll give you six months of Apple Prime. Or if you have, go to Walmart and they go, would you like to join Walmart Plus where you can get your groceries for free? And we'll give you six months of Paramount or we'll give you... And I'll never forget the first time that they asked me when I got a phone, and it's been several years ago. Now, your phone guarantees you six months of, and you could pick, whether it was HBO or ESPN or whatever, on your phone. And I was like, that's amazing. I didn't even realize that you could get it on your phone. And now, of course, probably, Most folks watch this as much as they do. You know, whether it's an iPad or whatever. And then not to count all the wonderful YouTube videos of crazy dogs and cats and goats and pigs and... Not to count all the other apps. And guess what you can do? Tick, 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 tick. tick. Did you read your Bible today? No, no, no. But man, I found the greatest little goat video. Did you pray today? No, but I saw cats chasing each other and one of them ran right into a glass door. You wait till you see it. Let me forward it to you. isn't this cute i only had to spend 30 minutes going through 58 stupid videos to find this one now i know none of you all are guilty of any of that but that's why paul said redeeming the time because the days are evil and then he said don't be unwise but understanding the will of the Lord. And so I recognize that probably that most important question is, what is the wise thing to do? Unfortunately, what we ask, well, is there anything wrong with it? Is there anything wrong with doing this? Is it unethical, immoral, not safe, and yet, probably it's, is it wise? Does it make a wise use of my time? Because what we recognize is that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Lord wants us to have life and life more abundantly. And so if we are in fact going to live a new life, an abundant life in this society that is sin sick, And and you say, well, this election solved everything. Now, nobody will hate each other. Where are you living? Because it didn't solve it. I can't imagine that people still aren't angry, frustrated, et cetera, et cetera. And what we know is the days are evil. You can't live in neutral. The evil will overtake you. You cannot be careless. You can't live aimlessly. You can't live morally neutral in this environment. If you are intentionally cautious and intentionally pursuing living for God, doing what is right, intentionally trying to, Live a life that's separated from society and the spirits and the anger and the frustration and the fear. And if you're not intentionally trying to draw closer to God, I'm going to tell you the tsunami, the riptide will get you. Because it doesn't take long for me to, you know, feel the tug of anger. Frustration. You say, "Well, you know, I I can watch the news, I can drive down the freeway, and n- nothing bothers me, and I just live above it all." I'm, I'm here to tell you, I I'm sorry, I don't believe that. And and so that's why. <clears throat> In in Amplified, it said, don't be vague, thoughtless, foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what is the will of the Lord. So the idea is we should understand it. We should face facts. What would God want me to do? And I know you've heard me say, and I know people have laughed at me and and said i it's okay you know pastor i'm not gonna do that that doesn't matter but i've i've said to young folks invite the lord lord do you want to spend the next two hours watching this with me lord do you want to go in here with these people for the next two hours and sit on this stool and watch the game with and see what you really believe the lord would say to you say well pastor i wouldn't do anything i'd be a holy joe uh, you know you're asking us to be goofy in this world well that's what paul was saying to the church at ephesus he was saying you cannot allow yourself to get sucked into that lifestyle Paul was not saying that you need to pray about the will of God. Most of the time, we know the will of God. Most of the time, we know. I really shouldn't be doing that. I don't really have time for that. Have you prayed today? No, have you? No, have you? No, but I really am, you know. And then you have to think in in light of my own past if if an individual has a past or current circumstances or past circumstances that you know make this activity this place uh, a dangerous place or these people dangerous to me I mean, you know, if this is somebody that I've partied with and this is somebody that I've, I've got, done all kinds of things with, and they ask me and they say, come, let's watch the football game, and well, we're just going over there to watch the game, be wise. Is it the best thing for me to do to go there? They're probably going to be partying or mad or angry or frustrated, and you may have to say, I'm sorry. Because in light of these circumstances, will it draw me closer to God? Promote the Lord's idea for me to have an abundant life? Either look at your current situation or your past or future ambition or dreams goals in life is this wise is this going to draw me closer to god going forward is this going to make my family closer to god is this going to promote his will in my life for abundant life in me in my home my wife my children right after this paul said do not be drunk with wine but be filled and stimulated with the holy spirit or the holy ghost don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise and your heart and melody to the Lord. I know, you know, people say, yeah, well, you would just be whatever crazy to walk and talk and be, then he says, subject one to another. And what Paul was basically saying is, you need to have the most fun you have in the presence of almighty God. It ought to be a joy to be in the house of the Lord. It ought to be a joy to be able to be in the presence of Almighty God. If it's not, there's something wrong with where your heart is. What the Lord said, where your treasure is, where should you put your heart? You say, "Well, my heart I uh, you know, I left my heart in wherever San Antonio I left my heart in whatever the town that the song says. Or is my heart set on things where? My emotions are, you say, well, Pastor, I'm not there yet. Well, that's why he said at some point you need to have that kind of recognition that, you know, that there is something much more important then the temporary party, the temporary thing that you can have here, there's something eternal. And, And that's what Paul was trying to tell them. And if you lose sight of that in this world, let me tell you, you are destined to make some very unwise choices. Because the devil, the enemy, the world, whatever word you wanna put there, knows how to couch something in ways that try to stimulate us emotionally. For just 9.99, you can have unlimited, you know, and you're saying, but I'm having the time of my life and I realize we are and I know I'm talking to us on Wednesday night and all of you are here and I thank you for being here and it's the church and it's it's us, but you know, we are living in the top half, top one third in richness of the world, folks. They've got all kind of statistics that are out there. Number one, if you have any means of transportation, including a bicycle, you're in the top half of the world's population. Half of the world has no transportation. I'm not talking about your old clunker. And my car smokes and I tell you it's terrible and it needs a new ring job. You're still in the top half. If you have more than one pair of shoes in your closet, don't tell me how many. You're in the top two thirds of the world's population. If you've ever heard, heard, not own, heard a phone ring. You're in the top half, according to AT&T, of the world's population. You say, well, pastor, I know, but you're comparing us to Africa and Madagascar and all these things, but guess what? We are the most unhappy, some of the most unhappy people in the world. Madagascar, where the mean income is $320 a year, less than $1 a day, rank as one of the happiest nations. And we have children, young folks, feeling depressed, suicidal, I've got to end it. my life's not worth living, and they're living in this amazing country. Huh? You say, well, but pastor, I, you don't understand <laughs> what it says, in everything, give thanks at all times. in everything, give thanks in the name of the lord jesus be subject one to it in everything give thanks we have lost in in the u.s we have lost a whole sense of i am so thankful for what god has done i'm so thankful for how blessed i am i'm so thankful for what huh Yeah, but I wanted this to happen and I wanted that and I wanted to be able to retire a millionaire by the time I was 40. And I wanted a this and I wanted a that. And that's why Paul was saying if you're going to survive in this dog eat dog generation and world where you're on a constant treadmill to get more and to have more and to do more, you're going to have to learn how to be thankful. You're gonna have to learn how to praise God. You're gonna have to learn how to be thankful for what God has done for you, thankful that you you know you know your name, thankful. And, and we've seen so many of our folks around here, from Brother Larry, Brother Tim, we can go through it over and over and over, and people, and we go, you know what? We need to be thankful every day that we're living. God, thank you for another day. Thank you for another moment. Thank you for another safe trip, whether it's to Columbus or wherever. Thank you, Lord. And if that doesn't inspire a party or a feeling, a party mood that, you know, he said something's wrong with you. You say, well, because we measure our days. I, I know, I, I don't have eternal life. I know no one has eternal life. Job himself said, Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with Thee; Thou hast appointed his bounds, that he cannot pass. In other words, you know it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. I know the over and over the Bible, and so you know every day that you wake up and that it's another day that you're alive, and you know your name, and you know you ought to be able to say thank you, Lord. Say, well, Pastor, this is depressing me. It sounds like you're talking about dying. No, I'm talking about the fact that guess what? The Lord's been good. I have another day. I have another chance to praise Him. I have another opportunity to be in His house. I have another opportunity to raise my hands. I have another opportunity to read His Word. That ought to inspire me a little bit. That I would have make a wise decision. God's been good. What happens though is, oh, tell you what, it's another day. Oh man, I'm telling you, this is a. Oh, I don't. I can't wait till we. Oh man, I wonder where I could go today. I wonder what I could buy today, make me feel better, huh? I wonder where where I could go on vacation. I can't wait to go on vacation. I. I What's what are they selling today on Amazon? Black Friday's coming. Oh man, that'll make me feel good until I get the bills. Huh? If I had another pair of shoes, <laughs> if I had another gun, if I had another fill in the blank, then I'd feel good about my day. No, I ought to be able to feel good without having anything else. Psalm says, teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to what? Wisdom. Why? Because what was the question? Is this wise? And and why that's important is what is the cumulative value of my actions or lack thereof? Now, do you understand what I mean by that? That's a question that goes with, is it wise? What is the cumulative value? And, and I told you, I confessed last Wednesday night. You don't, you, know, you don't get this by eating just one bag of Cheetos. But most of us don't stop and think, you know, and the doctor comes in. Okay, if you gain one pound a year from age 50 till, oh, don't say it, doc. Now, if that happens in a general sense, so, uh, so that nobody will feel bad, brush your teeth. Just don't brush your teeth for about a month. It's not the first day that they fall out and that you have gum disease. But after about, you know, six months, you go to the doctor, he goes, man, we're gonna have to pull all these. Huh? There's tartar and plaque and buildup. Well, you say, well, that didn't happen. It's my, what is the cumulative value of my actions or lack thereof, and I, let, let me go forward here, because, you know, many years ago in Little Rock, Arkansas, um, Herb Alpert, Probably nobody remembers who that was, but he used to play on Johnny Carson, played a trumpet, and he came through Little Rock, and he put on a concert, and somebody got us tickets, and we went, and he had a question and answer in the middle of his program, and he was talking, and they said, you know, how much do you practice every day? And he said, well, I try to practice between two and three hours a day. And they said, do you do that every day? And he said, well, no, I have taken a break. And if I take one day off, it takes me about three to five days before I feel like I'm back to where I need to be. And if I take two days off, you'll be able to tell that I'm not up to par. Now, what are you saying? You know, great trumpet player, great skilled man. A cumulative effect. He was saying, you know, and and neglect is the same thing. It's a cumulative effect. Tuesday morning, before ladies' prayer, I was here meeting with Brother... um, Mike, Mark Ledbetter, and uh, a man, a representative, because of, we have some balls in the bottom that are having some of the mold bleed through and we're gonna repaint and, and uh, Brother Heath Waters was there and he was just talking and telling me and he said, well, my neighbors have asked me, why do you paint your deck every two years? And he said, because I like to paint more than I like to scrape. And he said, if I wait more than two years, I have to scrape it. So I paint it every two years. Because it only takes me four hours to paint, and it takes me a lot longer than that if I wait three years to scrape it and repaint it. Now, I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. He's only painted a few years. But what was he saying is, if you let it go too long, it's gonna take you a lot longer to get it back. And he said, plus I have guys that'll scrape, but I don't, I still don't like scraping. So when you, uh, here it is, sorry. So, you know, this sense of neglect has a cumulative effect. There are rarely any few immediate consequences to neglect redeeming the time. In other words, you know, you can go through and not redeem the time this week and 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 you know not read your Bible this week and not read your Bible tomorrow and the next week, and you cannot be in the house of the Lord, and you cannot do this, and it doesn't. Yeah. And then you know what happens to almost all of us? We reach the point where we go, oh man. Huh? Now I gotta re scrape the whole house. Same is true with money. You know, money represents our time and hard to live on a budget, hard to get people to live on a budget and yet, you know, What happens is the advertisers come out with these wonderful things for just $29.99, for just $9.99 a month, and they give us all the wonderful ways that we can have whatever it is. And the first question we ask is, can I make that work? I could buy a new car for $3.99 a month. I can make that work, I can figure out a way, I can make this happen. But guess what? It's insurance, it's tires, it's upkeep, maintenance, gas, oil, huh? The question should not be can I make this work, is should I make it work? Should I afford this? And I put here in the middle of your page, What is the purpose of money? You have money, why you have money? Start number one, what do most people do with their money? Spend it, everybody say spend it. Number two, second thing you do with your money is repay debt, everybody say make a payment. Third thing you do with your money, you don't like it, comes, happens in April, pay. You know, son-in-law from Australia, they have all their taxes built in, so when it says $2 for this, it's $2. Ours is $2.15. So, I either spend it, repay debt, or pay taxes. Most folks don't get to number four, and that's what? Save it, and very few make it to number five, which is give it. I know I'm preaching to the choir, and all of you are good givers, and all the above, but, Most of the time, we put number five as give it. And where did God put number five? That's it. God said number one is give it. Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, Running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Give, and it shall be given unto you. I understand, but pastor, I need to pay my tith- What What is the technical, biblical name for tithes? I heard it. First fruits. Why would they call it first fruits? You give it first. I understand, I'm not being critical. If you say, well, I couldn't afford to pay my tithes this month, I get it, I'm not not here to beat you up. I'm not here to tell you how bad you are. I'm here to tell you though that at some point the wise thing to do is to say I wanna honor God first. I want to honor god first what can i give how how much can i give and i i understand that you know malachi said bring all the ties to the storehouse and there shall be meat in my house and prove me i will open up the windows of heaven and give you a pour out a blessing and there shall not be room enough to receive it but I'm here to tell you, we've got a society that will, and 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 nickel and dime and, I'll tell you a true story, sad story, happened to some very dear people in my life. I've been after them about moving here and finally during COVID, I just got them, they were up and I just grabbed all their stuff at home and we, cleaned their house out and moved in. I won't tell you who it was. And they had AT&T phones. I had told them back in November before the COVID hit in February, I said, get rid of your laptop, get rid of all that stuff and just use your mobile phones. When you get up here, then we'll deal with, so they got rid of their mobile, they got rid of their laptop and their all these wonderful things. And they kept getting a bill from AT&T on their phone. How, how much was it? He, he knows them too. 9.99 or 12.99. Would get this number, 12.99, 9.99, whatever it was, on their monthly credit card bill. I won't tell you who it was. They have a little 800 number and we would call and they would go, we don't show any bill, we don't show. Next month, here was another one. So for almost a year, they paid it. Finally, we said, okay, we're gonna cancel the card. We canceled all the phones. got them all on my, my plan and all the, 9.99, 9.99, whatever it was. Canceled the card, we, we stopped payment, canceled the card, finally came out, and they finally called us when we canceled the card. And said, we need a new card to build, get another $10, $12, whatever it was. And I said... Well, what is this for? It's iCloud storage or at cloud storage. And I said, how often have they used it? Well, they haven't used it in a year. Over a year. What's on it? Nothing. But when you got your computer two or three years ago and you asked for free cloud backup, and you clicked agree, we've been billing you for it. Now fast forward to last week. My 11 year old granddaughter wanted to get something on my phone. And she said, oh, Papa, you need an upgrade. So she was click, click, click. I saw something came up, agree. She clicked it. I said, whoa, what did you agree to? She said, I don't know. You don't ever read those. You just hit agree. (laughs) Now, I'm sure all of you read all that stuff you're agreeing to. But we're living in a society and raising younger generation that they don't think nothing about it. And I said, Siobhan, we do not agree to, she said, I asked my dad, she pulls the dad card on me when she doesn't want me to get on to her. I asked my dad, he said, it's okay. And I didn't wanna say, David, so now I've got to worry about what's I've been agreed to on my phone. Huh? Because I got all kind of wonderful little games and things that are on my phone that, you know, show up every once in a while. And yet we are living in a society that will arguably do anything it can to get into your pocket, and yet when people come to church, I don't know if I should give. Huh? I don't know if I should give or not. Oh, Lord. He says, Matthew, Jesus said, therefore, take no thought of your life, what you eat, what you drink, what you put on in your body, more than all of that. The fowl, Look at the fowls of the air, how they don't sow and they have which of you know the father feeds him which of you by worrying and and, uh, fretting could add 18 inches to your stature consider the lilies Solomon was never as beautiful as one of the lilies how much more will the Lord clothe you don't say what shall we eat now this is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, what shall we drink? Where shall we be clothed? Because these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you have need of them. But seek ye first, seek ye first. Seek ye first first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And yet, we have a society that can get so overwhelmed because of want of things that they somehow lose sight of what is the wise thing to do. And you've heard me say, you know, a man that works two or three jobs, misses church, misses family time so that he can take his family to Disney, Um, Nothing wrong with Disney. I'm not saying it's a sin, but so that he can take his family to wherever so that he can spend three days with them, but he spends no other time with them. Something's wrong. Is it wise? You see, every poor moral decision is usually prefaced by some series of unwise choices. And I could, I could point them out to you in the Bible with Samson and Delilah and Samson and different ones and the poor, unwise choices. You know, why did he go there and party? Why did he feel like he had to marry her? Why did he go? What, what was the deal? And I know several years ago, Mike Pence got a lot of flack because he refused to eat with a woman or be alone in the car with a woman. Or, and people go, well, what an idiot. He's ridiculous. He, but it was, for him it was, if I start making unwise decisions here, it sets me up to potentially be in an unwise situation somewhere later on. Purity, morality, modesty, let me tell you, those things are not cultural values of today. If you allow culture to define what is purity, what is morality, what is legal, what is illegal, you're, you're gonna find yourself in making some unwise decisions paul even said flee fornication flee it then he goes on to say every sin that you commit outside of is outside of the body except for fornication which is against your own body then he says what know ye not that your body is not yours it's the temple of the holy ghost which is in you which you have of god and you are not your own You've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And I realize advertisers are are great at building excitement, building emotional engagement. And they put on a poor little puppy with sad eyes and piece of barbed wire hanging out of his neck and don't you just want to help these dogs four ninety nine 99 a month? How could you be so heartless and cruel? Put on some older person cooking over a piece of coal and they go... For eleven ninety nine, for five ninety nine, for now that you know the excitement—whether it's a new car and not, hot music—and man, I, I, for just pennies a day, you can have a this. Even negative emotions: anger, greed, guilt, loneliness, jealousy. All of that can impact your decision-making ability. That's why we have a saying that we teach, marriage is halt, H-A-L-T. If you're hungry, if you're angry, if you're hurting, if you're angry, if you're lonely, if you're tired, don't make a good decision. Why? Because you'll make a bad decision. Why? Because... And when, when I'm emotionally engaged, when I'm emotionally feeling overwhelmed, because we, we find ourselves that we're willing to do anything to distract us from our pain. And unfortunately, I may not make a wise decision trying to avoid pain. People have gotten themselves hooked on drugs and alcohol. Why? Because they're avoiding the pain. I don't want to avoid pain. I don't want to feel. I don't want to feel. You say, well, Pastor, none of us here, I know. But those are where when we are typically, we are overwhelmed. What should we do? Nothing. Unfortunately, you know, we just keep signing or clicking agree or or whatever. Yet James said, if you lack wisdom, ask of God because he gives it to you liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given unto him. And and so I know the book and my, I'm through that's 759, but who was the wisest man that ever lived? Solomon. What book did he write? Proverbs. I tell I tell young people, read one of the Proverbs every day because there's 31 chapters. So today is the ninth, read the ninth proverb. And that way you can read it every day. Read it every day. Get something new out of it every day. But here's what the wisest man said. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. The wisest man said, listen to somebody else. Now that was not bright. If I were known as the wisest man, I would be saying, I don't need to ask anybody. I got it, isn't that the way our society operates now? I don't need to ask mom, I don't need to ask dad, I don't need to ask pastor, I don't need to ask anybody, I got it, I know what I, what's best for me, I know what's, what I should do, I don't wanna ask them because I know what they're gonna say. 12th chapter, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, he that hearketh unto counsel, is wise 19th chapter hear counsel receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end the 11th chapter where no counsel is people fall but in the multitude of counselors there is safety so this wise man says be willing to ask somebody else for help what Are you kidding me? 15th chapter, he says, without counsel purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. And then he makes the strong statement, Proverbs, the ninth chapter, the 10th verse. I'll read the ninth and the 11th verse to give you some context. But he says, respect reverence, fear of the Lord includes submitting, listening, being willing to listen to somebody else. Give instruction to a wise man, he will get wiser. Teach a just man, he will increase in learning. And then this famous statement, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me, thy days shall be multiplied and the years of thy life shall be increased. If you can't respect God enough to listen to his word, listen to him, you are destined to make unwise decisions. Unwise decisions. and you. You know, people will look at you and go, I can't believe they were so that. What were they doing? What were they thinking? What were they? They didn't have the fear of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. If I could have learned that better, I wouldn't have anything that I would regret. All of my regrets go back to unwise choices. You understand? made him slowly. Let's stand. Good to have all of you here.